0: Welcome to Something More Human. I'm Sam.
1: And I'm Elliot. We're a married couple exploring human connection and its impact on ours, our guests, and our listeners' lives.
0: Join us in creating something more human. Okay, we're so excited to be here with the three co-owners of Novel Point. We have Alex, Aaron, and Adiel. You'll learn more about them in just a minute. Thank you guys for your time. We super appreciate it. We know that you are hustling to the max and you're killing it, at least from our perspective you are. So take that with the utmost. We're not going to like blow smoke up your ass. We called (laughs) you here because we love you guys and we're really excited to be in conversation with you.
1: I don't know if you guys know, but this used to be. You obviously know that this used to be the cell way back in the day. Is it still called? It's not still called the cell, right? This building specifically. It it still is fusion. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, I kind of wanted to talk about the physical connection and the emotional connection that I had to this space before. You know, before I even came here novel point right so like in the mid 2000s you know that's when i started going to shows in the in the local music scene like 2004 2005 2006 watching bands like um outlaw west 44 who My friend, now good friend Jake Lang was in West 44, and now we're close friends. You know, I would come in right here and right over there. I would uh, pay for my ticket. Tickets were like five bucks back then for a show. Those days are long gone. That was actually one of the things that really attracted me to the coffee shop because I saw, I first heard about you guys on Instagram. You guys were at a location more downtown, is that right? Correct. What were the cross streets there?
2: The Barelis neighborhood, North and Cole.
1: Yeah. And then you guys moved here and. I was like, oh my gosh, like I used to go to shows there. That was one of the things that prompted me to come here. Also, I, you know, I wanted to find a new coffee shop. I was going to satellite quite a bit, but I just wanted to try something else. Wanted to support the neighborhood. We lived really close by Mm -hmm. at the time. So stepping in here was like really stepping back in time. And I just thought that was really interesting. Albuquerque is just such a small community. And I feel like every episode that we have, like there's, we're we're finding all of these connections, all of these like full circle moments. And this is one of them. I wanted to bring that up first because I feel like we're, we're sort of having a lot of those moments in our podcast. So. Yeah.
0: And our life like yeah. we're experiencing a lot of synchronicity. I don't know if that is a thing that you guys have your eyes open for. But Albuquerque is a very interconnected city in general. But with our podcast guests, with our life, even moving to a different city are finding a lot of fun synchronicities. So I wanted to have Elliot start or Elliot wanted to start with that a really awesome story, because I don't think any of you know that you just know us yeah, from know. sitting at the bar which is great. So we're curious about audience and audience from two perspectives. One from this business perspective, right? Like every business has an ideal client. How do you cultivate that from that angle, but also just from this personal angle, how do you find and cultivate a community? Community in the context of the business? Is that the question? It's kind of twofold. So yes, like I know that you have this very strong business and marketing background. So through that lens is an answer or from another perspective, like what does it even mean as co-owners of a coffee shop to build a coffee community? What does that look like for you? How has it changed? I think in a lot of ways, it's it's less about, I mean, of course you build a community of
3: like customers in and in a regular customer base, but it's also like entering a community that already exists, right? Because Albuquerque's had coffee shops way before us. A lot of the, or pretty much everybody who comes to our coffee shop this isn't the very first coffee shop in Albuquerque they've ever been to, right? So it's a delicate balance between kind of creating that target market customer base situation that we just touched on and like entering a community that already exists and finding your place in it and not stepping on anyone's toes or being rude to other businesses or trying to out compete them or outperform. Being friendly and open to that sort of collaboration within the existing coffee community. I think that's an important facet of it.
1: This is interesting because Nadia, Nadia and Tess sort of spoke about that in a past episode. Nadia and Tess, we interviewed, they both own businesses, sort of similar businesses in Old Town. And they were talking about not wanting to sort of step on each other's, on each other's toes, you know, and, and offer, have different offerings so that they're not having the same thing that they're selling. But that's kind of different for a coffee shop because there's only so many things that you can sell at a coffee shop. So t- taking that into account, you said not wanting to step on each other's toes, not wanting to sort of take away from other coffee shops, is there a certain way that you went about like building the menu or 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 trying to find your ideal audience with with those like parameters
2: in mind? I think when we started Novel Point, the vision in mind it was just that. There was a vision about what we wanted to accomplish. And for me, I look at the Albuquerque scene and I see there's established shops, there's room for growth, there is opportunity for new and upcoming businesses. What did I want to accomplish? And that was Grow the market. And I really wanted to just make sure that we're educating people on what specialty coffee is, why third wave coffee is different, and ultimately, like how coffee can be so diverse and tasty. And so we incorporate a diverse menu. And we have very much a target market in mind, an ideal customer. Our audience is someone like us who's looking to discover, who's looking to grow, who's looking to find that thing and those characteristics which they can relate to and they can identify with and they can just make their home. And full disclosure, Novel Point Coffee was a place for me to just find friends and have friends come to me on the daily. And so I created it with that purpose in mind to uh, be fueled by our discovery, um, but also just take into consideration who we're affecting on the daily. And so we always have that sort of insight that guides us as we just move about our day.
0: Okay, I want to come back to this like friends coming to me, but before we do that,
2: kind of selfish.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but well, we'll elaborate on that. Like, what do you, what do you
4: mean? I, I was just kidding about that, <laughs> but <laughs> he has mentioned mentioned to everyone is like this is a space for him to express himself, which is great. I love that. But I'm an extrovert and he's an introvert for sure. So there's a big difference. Two worlds colliding. We kind of make it work somehow, but it works out
0: Wait, we're gonna we're gonna circle back okay. we're gonna circle back to like the dynamics of being co-owners, especially as people who are married that are trying to like build a business together and like kind of want to murder each other sometimes back to like cultivating community in person talk to us about your upcoming event the latte art throwdown
1: talk to us about that but why did you choose of all things you know marketing is is certainly overwhelming in, in a lot of aspects but like why the latte art throwdown you could have done you know a number of things for for a particular event i know you guys have done plenty of really cool events why that one and, and tell us a little bit about it
3: interesting question because i i honestly don't even know it's just something that cool coffee shops do like i know ariel participated in one was that last summer yeah I think it's a cool, like, nerdy almost way for, like, coffee lovers, coffee work, like, employees, people who work in coffee to kind of come together over because, you know, you don't get latte art really at Starbucks traditionally because it's not really for here. I think latte art is kind of something unique to specialty coffee. It kind of adds that extra presentation to your product, which I know, again, that's not like the only separator, but. It's just a really cool thing, I think, is latte art. And that's something like I I'm a I'm a baby barista. I didn't I didn't grow up in the industry as Alex did. <laughs> but it's something that I think is really cool. It's probably one of my favorite parts about working behind the bar is doing latte art, just because it's fun and it's like something it's like a cool little skill that I've never ever had anything close to before in any other facet of life. So it was just really interesting to me. I thought it would be fun for us to host our own latte art competition and bring some talented baristas here in our territory and on our turf and just have a, a a reason like a common denominator to bring a lot of like the top contenders in the coffee community that we talked about earlier like here at Novel Point.
1: Will one two or three of you or any of you be involved in the competition like will one of you be
2: competing? No. Okay. I'm just kidding. I would love we're it, would love it no. if one of us did. We all have roles in this, and it's hard to separate our, our role in it from like actually competing and taking the statement away because we need volunteers is what we need in order to accomplish it all. And so, yet to be determined. But I really hope one of us does. Who knows? might be me, might be Aaron, might be Ariel. I tried last year. It didn't work out. <laughs> hey. So I failed. Tell us about that.
4: Uh, what were we? Uh, we were at the Chocolate Fest. Coffee and Chocolate Festival. Yeah, we were working for VM at the time. And I told Alex, you know what? I should compete just to just to do it. I had no practice, no anything. At the time, I was working back in Warehouse, I think. So I just put my name on the list. And did the first couple rounds were kind of good. I was the first one. So it was kind of difficult for me. I was the one, like... Making the first uh, design and everything, I was like, you know, I'm not going to do this again. It was really stressful.
0: Some of the things that I'm hearing you guys say about this is like there's a skill to it, right? And like it needs practice and there's a fun way to get practice while also being in community with other people who maybe are better than you. Are there things that you guys are hoping to, besides build your own like professional development skills, right, bringing other baristas and people who know what they're doing, Is there something that you're hoping to accomplish being in a similar space together? Maybe that's like squash, this like cutthroat competition thing that can happen in in shops. Yeah, we're not in coffee, so we don't know. But like, is it make friends who also love coffee? Is it a combination of the two? Is it like just these skills, seeing what other people can do and being inspired?
2: Not many shops do this in Albuquerque right now. And we want to put our foot in the ring and ultimately just... Uh, make a name for ourselves. We want we want the coffee community to know that we are, like, we're here for them and we're here to unite us. And we ultimately want to show that by putting on a really cool show and making this throwdown something that is not only something that we do right now, but something that we do yearly and something that we constantly grow and we encourage and we collaborate and ultimately make it a thing that Albuquerque as a community as a whole looks forward to.
1: I wanted to ask, and this is kind of specific and not off topic, but there, there, there not there like an ephemerality of latte art? Because like, do you ever think about the, you know, spending time and you're like, man, I killed this one. And then you put a lid on top. Like, do, do you ever think about that? And I don't know, maybe just to elaborate on that. Like the, the ephemerality of, you know, you make it, it's there for how long? 10, 20, 30 seconds, the person consumes it. So is it really about being in the present moment while you're making this creation like what do you what do you think about that
3: you can always take a picture
1: <laughs> yes, that's true and you do obviously
3: yeah for sure no but i get what you're saying it is it almost seems like futile because like why would you spend so much time perfecting some form of art that somebody's just gonna drink or but it's 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 true because if you put if you put like it's especially that i've noticed if i do really good on a latte which isn't that frequent because I'm still learning. But if I am really proud of like my design and I like set it down in front of the customer, I'm like, here's your latte or whatever. Almost always they're like, wow, that's so pretty. But most of the time, even if I do it bad in my head, in my personal opinion of my own work, they're still like, wow, that's so pretty. So it's like, they don't really care if, if I think it's really good or not. It's just, I think the fact that that customer based on the design on their drink knows that that barista went above and beyond for them and they didn't just pour the milk into the cup and slosh it around and just say here's your drink it was like a moment that the barista had with the drink and then they made it for that particular customer regardless of the intention regardless if i was doing that particular design like for that particular customer trying to impress them like that probably has never happened but that's kind of it makes the customer feel special and i think it's definitely worth Practicing for that reason alone.
1: Now the controversial question: Who pours the best latte?
3: Who do you think? I just want you to guess.
1: (laughs) Me? Just
3: kidding.
4: (laughs)
1: Now, so
2: uh, so Alex definitely out. He doesn't think that he does. So it's between you two. It's
3: definitely Alex. It's Alex, of course. If
2: we talk about people who have had time to perfect it, I, I take the cake for sure. I think if we talk about people who have innate skill toward creating good art, that's Aaron, 100%. He's yeah. being a humble Aaron, king. For sure.
0: I feel like we need to learn how to, like, pour a beautiful latte.
1: Probably, It's going to require quite a bit of practice, I think, clearly. I mean, how many, how, how many years again have you been pouring?
2: I, have I been pouring, like, legit several years, at least five, six? Um, how long have I been taking it seriously? Maybe a couple, but people can learn in months and, and perfect it and are way better than me who have started just brand new.
4: It's the amount of milk you go through. That's crazy. Yeah,
2: yeah, That's why I got to practice with like two percent, right?
4: And Not more soap and water. That works.
2: Actually, I've never done there's that. there's tricks for sure. There's tricks: cinnamon, cocoa, charcoal.
0: Oh, okay. Um, so going back to this idea of synchronicities and how it's just happening in our lives so much, coffee shops are one of those places that feels really valuable to the two of us with respect to our marriage, but also with respect to how we relate to some of our closest friends and how we've made some of our closest friends. So in a previous episode, we hosted Mel. We met her at a coffee shop. She just moved from Albuquerque to Brooklyn. You guys know Mel. We talked with Kay. Her and her husband met at a coffee shop. We met you guys here and now are friends with you and that you here getting coffee. So I also know that Alex and Aaron, you guys met through coffee. Tell me a little bit about how that friendship turned into the way that you guys collaborate today, which is kind of a lead up question to how did the three of you become co-owners? Alex, I know you kind of were like the operational. This was your brainchild. So maybe you can talk about that journey.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can just briefly talk about how I met two of these guys, uh, Erin, I've known her for maybe like eight years now. Um, we met at UNM. Um, I've been a barista uh, through and through. That and uh, yeah, I, I met Aaron through another group that we were a part of, connected together. And but yet, you know, Aaron was the person that was coming to the cafe that I was at on campus and ordering the coffee and you know ordering the americano and became a person that. Not only did I know outside of that place, but I knew her drink order, and I knew that how she didn't take it, and ultimately connected that way. And was that a bond? Absolutely. To a point where I knew when I started this business that there was one person that I could connect with, and I knew that could be committed as I am into starting something related to this thing that we drink. And uh, it, it turned out really well. And Adiel, I met uh, through coffee as more of a customer base, right? Uh, that kind of like opened originally in 2020 uh, by myself. And ultimately, uh, Adiel uh, came with his with his fiance at the time, his now wife, and ultimately looking for a job. And he was my first hire, and so uh, and first hire obviously leads to ownership for most people within the first yeah, six apparently. months of, of working there. Right?
4: <laughs> <laughs> We're actually not the first shop to be to oh, uh, start up as an employee, end up as an owner. Uh, one of our friends, Oceana in uh, Florida. I'm like, hey, that's what she told me. She said, yeah, I started as employee and then now I'm an owner. And I was like, that's crazy. You and I are the same.
0: Oh, I thought you guys were kidding around no. because I was just about to say that feels like a Cinderella slipper, right? <laughs> like you kind of have to date around. Like sometimes your first employee sucks or like finding a partner in business goes south. Like that, that seems like, yeah. I mean, also like lots of marriages end up in divorce, right? Like business is kind of a marriage of sorts. So like, did the puzzle pieces of your heart just come together, Alex? Like, how did you know that you wanted to extend that opportunity to your first hire?
2: Yeah, I think that a lot of it had to do with just recognizing the skills that, you know, Aaron, at the time the audio was hired, was not an owner as well. I brought them on at the same time, just recognizing the skills that I lacked and realizing the skills that these guys had and realizing that, you know what, like, if it's a marriage It's going to be one that we need to work through because we're not identical by any means. We might be opposites, but we, like a puzzle, can fit together really well when it does work and we can create something really cool and we can uh, really just collaborate off of one another to a point where the coffee shops becomes greater than, than myself. And I was so glad that I found these two in order for that to happen.
1: The, the foresight of knowing like, cause that's happening in our, in, in our marriage, especially the podcast. Like there are certain things that Sam is good at. And actually I don't know what you're bad at, to be honest, but there are plenty of things that I'm very bad at. I have like, you know, a lot of the big ideas I can see things from like, you know, really up here. And once it gets closer, I just I'm just not really, that's just not really my area of expertise. But for you to realize like, hey, there's some skills that I lack. It's like a Venn diagram, right? And I think that's what makes like relationships, business, intimate relationships work is like we're complete opposites. And I think that that's why it does work. I mean, it's it's very difficult at times. But I mean, I think we get two completely different perspectives. And it seems like you three are opposites in a lot of ways. And of course, that has I'm sure it has its, you know, its its struggles. But I think having three different varying perspectives is like, A pretty important thing especially in business so
0: yeah i'm curious about like from your perspective adiel and aaron how that kind of unfolding happened when alex like shared this opportunity with you right i have this business it's a coffee shop it's already up and running i want you to join me i want you to be a co-owner like what is going through your mind are you like this is a terrible idea or like i've never thought about being an entrepreneur would this be crazy i'll just do it or were you like yes like puzzle pieces of my heart are like Sparks are flying
1: really quick. Also, like, what were you guys answer that? But maybe before, what were you doing at the time? Like, what, what were you doing? What were you thinking about doing? Like, what, you know, what were your pursuits at that moment when you were like, oh, I have this option or I have novel point co-ownership?
4: Yeah. So I was just moving back from Vegas, Nevada. I always had this, you know, this pursuit of business. And I loved coffee. I was like, you know what, let me try this out Let's see if this works. I never thought I would be owner in like six months. I mean, I would assume it would take some time, but not as fast. And before that I was working, I, I worked at an autistic center and yeah, I've always had that drive to be a business owner and coffee was kind of like one of my things that I liked a lot.
1: You said you love coffee. Like what, was there a certain moment in your childhood? Like yeah, what, no, what, what, um, what sparked that?
4: Growing up, I I loved coffee, just never thought I would end up in this position. My whole, how it started was actually in Vegas. I had a couple of friends who worked at uh, coffee shops out there, really well-known coffee shops, and he kind of taught me here and there, and then they just took me to all the other coffee shops. That's what started it all. They taught me here and there. Once I moved back, I saw the opportunity to work at a coffee shop, so I took it.
3: Aaron? Okay. Uh, well, Alex approached me with this, and was it February of 2020? It's a long time ago. So, like right before COVID changed everything, right? And I was a senior in college. I was about to graduate with my bachelor's in business administration with my concentration in marketing. So, similar field of study, right there. And and it was it was pretty um, not ambiguous, but like more broad at that time. Obviously, it was just an idea that you had had, right, Alex? And he wanted my help primarily, like branding and marketing and photography that sort of thing
0: and this is as a collaborator at the time right like more contractor style yes yes um and I thought that was cool just because again Alex and I at that point had known each other
3: for what three years four years three four yes one of those two so we were friends and like he mentioned earlier I would get my coffee from him every every morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was something I could count on. So it, it just made sense. I thought it was cool. It was a cool opportunity and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life at that point. And then the pandemic hit, right? And that muddled things even more and I ended up going to graduate school after that just because I don't I just did. <laughs> I just went to get my my MBA because the world was in shambles and and why not? And then um, throughout that time, that's when Alex was like really buckling down and building um, Novel Point. And I don't know. I think it just it made sense to me to continue to devote some sort of effort to it, because as we mentioned already, I wasn't a co-owner until what was that two years later, two and a half years later, three, one and a half years, some amount of time later. And it was all like contract based, like just doing photos and posting on socials and making signs or whatever. I don't I really enjoy that type of work. I love marketing. I love photography. I love business, truly. And it, it was like a natural segue, right? When it was When it became the time for me to be an owner, it just felt like the next step in the situation. And I do love coffee. I never imagined myself being a barista, but it's fun. It's different. It's unique. I don't know that it's like my perfect fit in the, the realm of, of this business. And that's okay. But it's, it's definitely been really cool for me to learn all aspects of the coffee business, because it's one thing to own a coffee business it's one thing to run a coffee business. And there are two different things. And it's, it's just really cool to have all different perspectives on it. Thanks to Alex, thanks to his knowledge in the industry and expertise and all of that.
0: Okay. So Adiel, I told you I would put a pin in what you said earlier. So I want to circle back to this idea of Things grow and businesses grow over time, right? It grew from one person to three people. Maybe this isn't as you behind the counter, Erin, like your expertise is really this photo marketing business. Alex, I know that you have this operational mindset. Adiel, I know that you love coffee, right? So like I can see from an outside perspective, the puzzle pieces and Venn diagram of how you all might fit into the business on a larger scale. I'm curious in this phase of the business, like how do you guys... Not kill each other. <laughs> like, as this is what I'm, I mean about earlier. We have this attachment, which is, like, our intimate, loving relationship, which is totally different than friendships and co-owners, right? Like, you guys don't go home and sleep in the same bed or, like, kiss and hug. You guys are friends and co-owners. So how do you navigate the interpersonal part of that piece, that job?
4: Yeah, we do kill each other. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm a ghost.
4: Um, I don't know. We tell each other straight up. I mean, that's how I have to learn. I'm growing up. I've I've always was told what to do and I hated it now. So now I'm like, I have to stand up for myself, even if it's against them too or anyone else. So it's mostly just telling, hey, this is how I feel. This is how I think it should be done. Just being open to one another, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think we should touch on, on each one. And even if it's, you know, sure, it might be a little awkward. But I mean, you and I, you and I, are, yeah, we, we're very much there. And I think that that's kind of what you and I do. And when we don't, what I mean by do is like, just tell, yeah, I'm just going to tell you like how I feel, you know, and it might be awkward and it might suck for a little bit. But when we don't do that is when, but when we don't do that, that's when problems arise. Right. So like, I I just kind of wanted to to touch on that. Is I think that, you know, there, there are certain ways to tell people straight up how you feel, but I think that, you know, that's kind of important. Like passive aggressive doesn't work. Sam and I were, you know, held a lot of things in and built a lot of resentment and had to go to therapy for quite a while um, because of that. And it's like, okay, you know, it's it, it might suck to tell you how I feel, but like, you need to know because, you know, a month can't go by, two months can't go by, and I'm getting this energy from something that I did two months ago that you haven't told me about. Like, you need to, I need to know now, you know? So anyway, I think that there's, there's a lot of, um, it's hard to do, but there's a lot of benefit in, you know, saying what needs to be said sometimes, even if it's, even if it's difficult. So what, what about you, Erin?
3: We have weekly meetings as a team, usually. Nice. This is, this is in the time slot of our normal weekly meeting, so... No conflict resolution oh, wow. for us this week. This no, is it, right? This, yeah, is, this, the, this, this is, is the, the meeting. Hell right? yeah. But I think those meetings give us that organized space to voice any concerns or, or talk or discuss. And cause, like you said, it is hard. It's very hard to bring things up that are bothering you or that are difficult, especially for, I I mean, I don't know if you two feel as afraid of that as I do. I don't know if that's just because of who I am, but I, I have a really hard time just voicing concerns in that way. So it is it is really difficult, but I think, because we, I mean, I feel like we know each other really, really well, because we spend just copious amounts of time with each other. Because we spend so much time together, there's just like, it's almost impossible to hold things in in that way. Because these two see me at my worst every morning is 6.30am. Like, I rolled up and I am miserable, because I'm not a morning person. And that's okay. That's something that we move past. And for the most part, I feel like it's not that problematic please let me know if if otherwise if I need to really work on my morning demeanor I just don't talk
2: I think it's really important to understand that in a business I think this sort of early growth phase is one of the most difficult times because we are here every day we're doing it all we are having to get to know each other to that point where it becomes super irritating to hear about certain things but that sort of honesty is So important and it's really connecting us in certain ways where i feel like because we are all here every day there's nothing that's left unsaid there's nothing that is left out and ultimately we can grow and relate and connect so much deeper but it's also as simple as things like scheduling we don't always have to be the three of us here at all time gratefully and therefore we have breaks from each other we have a chance for two of us to connect and another person to relax and the other two to connect, the other person to relax. And if we need to vent about that one person, we can do that. And that's okay because we're all, we know, we come back together and we're okay uh, in the end. But, um, yeah, I think it's important to recognize that things will absolutely get better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, this is just, just trial by fire.
1: I think that kind of a good point that you made, actually, is like, I'm just going to keep coming back to our marriage, our relationship. Like, the the first part of, like, anything is, like, really difficult, right? Like, you have to put in the time it's going to suck at some point. It's going to suck. Our marriage was terrible. The first year was terrible. But I think that we like, even though, even if we didn't really put in, in like conscious work or like good work in the first year, like we put in the work, we spent copious amounts of time together. Like we, like you guys were saying, you guys spend copious amounts of time together. We spent copious amounts of time together. That has sucked. But also like, it's like a thing, like it's like practice. It's like learning a sport, like you, the the work has to be put in and, and it's going to, it's going to be difficult for, you know, a certain period of time, but, um, and
0: the commitment, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think those are all, I think those are all, I don't know why I want to say, I think they're all good answers. Like they, like they wouldn't be, but initially you said that you started because, you know, um, you want to, you want obviously your love of coffee, but you wanted to make friends. And then, you know, you're saying that, you know, he's more introverted, you're more extroverted. And so I kind of wanted to, to touch on that a little bit. Maybe it's not a question, but I've been telling Sam like the last six months and you guys are are part of that. Like, I want to, I want to create, I want to start a coffee shop in the next two or four or six years. Am I the, am I I the perfect candidate? Like, no, is, is being an introvert and wanting to start a community, want to create community, wanting to make new friends a good enough reason to start a coffee shop? Maybe you think no, maybe you think yes, vice versa. Um, But I think that there's a lot of power here. And like the reason why I want to start a coffee shop is because of the power that I feel like I, feel when i'm here when i'm at satellite or when i'm at any other coffee shop that i that i frequently visit right it's about that community it's about making friends like all you know all of you are our friends because of of a coffee shop some of the some of our podcast guests are our best friends from a coffee shop like you know lovers k and k and nate met at k's dad's coffee shop rust is gold on the east side so there's so much power here right there's so much potential in a place like this that serves coffee. And I'm not sure actually where I'm going with that. But I just wanted to sort of say, you know, like thank you. Because this this is part of the reason, like why I do want to start a coffee shop. I know nothing about I, I know next to nothing. I'm learning a lot, you know, from you guys and other places. Zach, one of my good friends who works at Little Bear I'm learning a lot from him, but like that's why I want to start a coffee shop because I feel like that this is the place. This is this is it. This is the place. To find friends to create community and i've always told sam and i've said on a, on previous episodes like i've always sort of felt like i'm like on the outside looking in on a community and i think you can call it like higher power whatever god whatever the the voice inside my head's like you know, you're not you're not finding that community because you're meant to create your own that that is what you're meant to do and i feel like a coffee shop provides a really good opportunity for that and i feel like that's why we started this podcast partly to to connect and to you know to create and find community and encourage others to do the same so not really a question But I wanted to come back to what you were saying and what what you had said sort of about why Alex wanted to create a coffee shop, you know, to meet people. So, um, yeah,
0: I'll segue into we were just talking about kind of the interpersonal dynamics, but I would love to hear more about how you all imagine your roles in the business changing in the next five years and how that might affect your relationship to each other and your relationship to the physical community here in the shop.
4: As in like, what are we going to do next? Or like, what do you...
0: Yeah, so like in this growth phase, right, you guys are here grinding your asses off working as baristas. But as you expand and grow in the next five years, how might your role change? For you, it might be you're the manager and like you're here doing coffee, but you have several people under you and you get many more days off like for Aaron it might mean you step back and you do all the marketing for Alex it might be high level operational like and what are the impacts of that
2: I don't
0: that? Want to work ever Just <laughs> <laughs> I want to retire tomorrow right retiring right tomorrow
2: <laughs> yeah i think of the three of us I, th- I find my role changing the least because i think that i always want to have a hand in in, in the operations of of a cafe i always want to be on the daily connecting with the baristas and seeing what they're doing and how they're doing it and how they're thinking and how they're feeling and ultimately just make sure that at the end of the day, uh, things are working. And so I find myself always being on the floor, making drinks, connecting with customers, uh, just helping out the baristas as they most immediately need, but also uh, taking on a more uh, expansive role of uh, just menu and and uh, ingredient sourcing and development and ultimately uh, getting more involved with our green coffee sourcing and and possibly roasting not doing the roasting but definitely like educating and connecting with folks who who are roasting really well and making sure that these people are on high quality levels Um, but ultimately just making sure that the cafe is um, doing what it needs to do and and, and connecting with people really well Uh, but in the end of the day educating uh, everyone
3: yeah, for me, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I would love to not be a barista for for the future. I, not to say that I don't see the value in it, because I do, and I am extremely glad that I can do that right now. And I mean, I've learned so much because this is I was never a barista before, Novel Point. Like, this is my very first. Alex built me from the ground up, truly. And it's really cool. It's fun. And I've learned, like I said, I've learned so much about it. But I, I'm much more enjoy things a little more bigger picture. Like marketing is definitely a full-time job and it's really difficult to do both. I think I was just saying that I would love to be able to focus completely on that bigger picture marketing stuff and planning events and, and building out really cool graphics for that. And just completely being on top of our Instagram, social media game and creating something a lot, more tangible that's not necessarily coffee. Like I've talked about doing some sort of like publication, like a magazine of sorts, or like a oh last year we talked about doing like a coffee passport situation.
1: That's really cool. I think that's an awesome idea. What about you, Ariel?
4: Sure. Um I don't know. So Alex and Erin's strong suits are obviously he loves to be Barista and she's in marketing. I like networking a lot for some reason. I I that's I don't know why. Like, I love talking to people here, of course, but actually grabbing people is kind of what I like a lot, too. So, and I like to see myself in that way. Like, I, I, I love helping Erin, too, in her creative, uh you know, stuff. And, like, her and I always bounce back on what do we want to do or what do we want to create this time? What graphics should we do? What should we add? And stuff like that. And I would love to learn more of that, too. And I on my free time, I try to. It's just hard. I don't know. My bra- my background was I did a lot of sales for the most part and then did uh just on 1-on-1s with people and stuff like that. So maybe mostly be networking and just marketing. Can I butt in? Sure. I want you
3: to I want you to my vision for you because I'm your, I'm your governing force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm your sure, manager. Sure, sure, sure. Yes, I yes, want yes, Ariel yes. to have his own clothing brand, his screen printing brand because you're really passionate about that. You yeah, need to bring I, that, that up. Concerned. Why did you bring that up? When I was
4: younger, I, I made a, a brand. I just never followed through with it. My mom kind of helped me with it, and I was like 12. Anyways, I had a couple sales with a couple of my buddies, and they still have it to this day. So shout out to them. Um, other than that, yeah, I am I do want to have my own clothing brand. Screen printing, especially my wife and I, she loved, she, well, she went to school for graphic design and screen printing as a minor, I think, or an elective. So she she knows the whole everything about it, and I'm just there with her. So, and I keep telling her, let's make a business, let's do it under the Noble Point umbrella type style. So,
0: okay, so I'm okay. hearing I'm hearing Alex, you say you imagine that it's more like operational development, things like sourcing, menu, the, that kind of ideation of the business, plus really deep in person. Aaron, I'm hearing you say like out of the in-person barista, but deep in this community building that comes alongside marketing and events. Adiel, I'm hearing you say a little bit of behind the counter, but stepping into this more sales role, developing relationships in that way. And I'm hearing merch. I'm hearing a merch line that's like very expansive maybe its own business yeah putting yourself in that five year from now brain space where you're doing that exact thing how do you guys imagine the community will change or like your relationship to that cultivation changing what does that look like or how does it feel or what is your dream state of what that five years from now transformed community looks like uh
3: well, my vision for Novel Point is is huge. I think we could have this huge umbrella that covers way more than just coffee. And like like you said, Elliot, coffee is amazing. It's this gateway to so many incredible things and connections and inspiration and just conversation. And so many magical things happen within coffee shops. And I think that's such an exciting opportunity for us to turn Novel Point into way more than just a coffee shop. It can have all of these different facets where we can all combine our strengths and passion where there can be a whole clothing brand that we have, the Adiel runs, and it can be this whole like merch situation. You're also really passionate about like vintage clothing and like vintage reselling. And that's something that I think there's a huge overlap between people who love to thrift and like create vintage clothing setups and all that thing. And people who love coffee, it's like a very hipster situation. And that could be really cool. And like, I'm really passionate about photography and I can envision having A studio here or where it could be like client-based also commercial-based also like anything like that we can do all sorts of creative and artistic things under this umbrella of coffee which is its own art and that's just my vision is that it's going to be this huge community that spans way more than just coffee and touches almost like all forms of art that we care about at least as the Current team, who knows what it will look like Can in the I future. Can I put
4: in real quick? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, to add to her, it's uh, the way I see it, it's like a co-working space. So there's like space for people to actually work, but there's also a studio, like she was saying, studio, merch. It's just a big corporation or just a big space, and it all started with the coffee.
3: Novel points a mindset, not not just a coffee shop. <laughs> State I, of mind.
1: I like that a lot, and I think there's a lot of power in like okay, well, you know, Novel Point's a coffee shop, so, like, we're trying to attract people that drink coffee, but if we could, like, cross-brand and network in these other ways, like, we can we can still bring people to Novel Point via way of merch and, you know, a, a space or these other, these are the things you guys are talking about, a, a studio, you know? Um, And this, this reminds me of Collector in Prague. Oh, yeah. There's this massive coffee shop, one of the coolest coffee shops I've ever been to. I'm telling you, like, the ceilings are almost twice as high floor to ceiling windows like you know 30 or 40 feet high and it was probably 100 feet long it was a coffee shop but there were all these other things inside too—a place for people to you know to buy merch a place for people to work um there wasn't a studio but it was it was in a it was in a gallery was right associated with the national gallery problem right and that's kind of reminding me of that quite a bit so It sounds like you guys, you know, have some pretty big plans, but also when I'm hearing this, it's like, we think about the podcast, it's like, Oh, podcast, you know, you just need to hit record. And it's like, clearly, I mean, obviously most people know there's way more to it than that. We're hearing all these things that you guys want to do. Three people. It takes a village, right? Like it takes a village. Like, how do we, you know, how do we have four arms? How do we have two brains? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, you know, Sam and I were using cane to edit. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's so many other things that we want to do. And it's like, well, you and I can only do so many things. Mm -hmm. All these things you guys are saying—it's—it's—it's it's, it's massive and it's, it's—it's it's cool. It's really cool, but it, it really does take a village, you know. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. What, what do you what do you think, Alex?
2: Yeah, I think all of this is exactly what it needs to be. We have the right people to accomplish this. It's just a matter of the reality of making sure that the day to day is sustainable, mm-hmm. and making sure that we have the income to provide for the three of us, for our uh, future employees, and ultimately just. Making sure that we can take the time to dream and imagine because I never stopped dreaming. I never stopped imagining. I think that Adiel and Aaron tend to share less their dreams and imaginations with me whereas mine maybe are more focused on what novel point currently is and so it's easier for me to share. Right. But I think they need to continue to share these things and then we need to make the space for them to happen right. a little bit more.
0: Well, one of my favorite things to do on these podcast episodes is pull out these like very tangible – Skills and advice for listeners. Some that are popping out to me are honest communication, even when it's awkward, having an organized and intentional space held, both for this like awkward communication, but Alex, like you're saying, for this kind of creative dream space. I'm curious about what are some tools that you guys use now to, in this toughest phase of business where you're grinding so hard to keep this communication and this inspiration about what the future holds. Like, how how do you do that? How do you navigate it? And it's okay if the answer is like, we're just sleeping and coming here and like, that's it. Definitely has a lot of that. Like, it's, it's
3: extremely difficult. But like, to be 100% honest, like having these conversations with people like you are things that keep me motivated because you guys remind me, what I'm capable of or what is possible. Or I think Sam, what you told me last time, like when we hung out last week, you were like, just like, keep going, like hang in there. Like we have such, so much faith in you, like so much belief in like you and your dreams and your vision. You didn't say it exactly like that, but that's like how I interpreted it. And like that single comment, I was like, you know what, maybe you're right. Like I'm not gonna die right here, right now. I'm gonna (laughs) be okay. Like I'm so exhausted and so tired. And sometimes it feels absolutely impossible but it's like things like this that remind me that there's so much more coming and all of this work is is for good reason and it is possible to achieve that payoff
4: so i have no filter let it um, out i think that's one benefit it is a benefit but it's it's also a curse
0: i identify with that
4: yeah so i think that's that's helpful in some occasions for sure just, and also just be honest with yourself and don't be too tough on yourself mm-hmm. because then you get stuck in this mindset where just in your own little world that you're not doing enough or you're not working hard enough when you're actually so exhausted you just go straight to sleep when you get home. So it's just, you know, don't be so hard on yourself.
0: Okay, so I've shared this, we'll call it a blessing, which is like, unfiltered honesty or if I have a thought I'll share it with you so right before we came here Elliot said to me which is actually something you've said many times over the years which is Sam you're really intimidating I think and that's why people don't like you or they don't like you because you just like say whatever it is that's on your mind Uh, for example last night my cousin got married love you guys so much (laughs) one of their friends basically told me I think you'd be a lot cuter without this piercing A a male and I basically laughed in his face. <laughs> As you should. And he said, I know that, you know, like my opinion doesn't really matter. And I was like, well, it matters to someone like your wife way more than it matters to me. And I think it's it's for people with a certain taste, right? Like you'll just turn people off with that. So I'm curious. Actually,
4: that's not harsh at all, though. That's It's not. not that's, I know, did he get I've, hurt? I think that's kind of where we, and I don't, I'm not
1: trying to like, you know, get bigger picture, like where we are in in society but like it's it's so easy to be like passive aggressive it's so easy just to sort of like most people would not have said anything to that it would have been so awkward they would just would have kept it in but sam was like your opinion doesn't mean anything to me you know yeah and i think that like pe- people we need that like just just say how you feel and may, you know maybe it, it might come off um you know a little rash but like we need we need that like you know we're so used to just sort of not saying anything at all I so I, I like that about you and you said that I said that maybe that's why people don't like you. Not like all people, obviously. Oh, like yeah. some people don't like you. I could tell that he was sort of, the vibe changed a little bit, the energy changed. And I think that he probably honestly respected you for for saying what you said. But some people were like, whoa, that was way too honest. But <laughs> that's a good thing, you know?
0: Well, so my question for you, Adiel, is... The way that I interpret this comment from Elliot is like, that is just who I am and I embrace it and I am not for everybody and that weeds out the people that are not for me. For sure. I'm curious if you share that sentiment or if you're like, I because do. I have such a like, public-facing job that you do feel like you need to exercise the muscle of a filter. No. No.
4: Why? Well, I, I And I tell this to everyone, too. I match energy. Mm-hmm. So if someone comes in with a bad attitude, I try not to, for the most part. I try not to, like, stand off, like, mean or anything or have that no filter. I, like, I recognize it and I try to change because if we go at each other, it's not going to end well. And my wife helps me a lot with this, too. She's a big introvert. introvert I'm a big extrovert. And... I'm not, I have, again, I have no filters. And to her, it's like, you need to relax a little
1: bit. Amen. Hallelujah. Last question. Ready? What do you guys individually value or look for in a coffee shop? Not this one. When you go to a coffee shop, what specifically are you looking for? Maybe like, I guess I won't say besides coffee, but like like what what are you looking for in a coffee shop?
4: It changed working and uh, obviously learning more about coffee and stuff and stuff it changed a lot. Uh, obviously my thing is all, all about aesthetic and then the way the coffee tastes or is brewed correctly in my standards now. Obviously because of Alex's uh, knowledge and everything but yeah it's changed a lot from what before and now I'm like I go back to my so when I go visit Vegas uh, and I visit my old coffee shops that I go to, I'm like, mm, this, was, this wasn't good. this was good. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know, knowing a lot more about it and just, and, it, and I'm not saying it's not good. I'm saying there, there, there's obviously good coffee, but it's changed.
3: Yeah, I think exactly what you said, Ariel, the marriage between a really cool looking and feeling place and also a good product, that is so hard to find. If anyone asks me like my favorite spots in Albuquerque, like I will give you different lists for quality of coffee and quality of vibe and they never match up, which is really unfortunate. And I think that's our goal as as a coffee shop is to create a space where both of those things are top tier because a coffee shop is, at least for me, I don't know if a lot of people agree with me, but it's 50% or more vibe because so many people don't care as much as we do about the coffee. They're not like, ooh, this coffee is tasting a little underdeveloped today. Like, And of course, that's something that we notice or other coffee uh, enthusiasts. enthusiasts notice. And that's something that we want to be on top of because of our position in the field, right? I want to say a lot of the people that come into our shop don't notice those things. And it's all about the vibe and the aesthetic. And that's why it's important to have both. And so I'm always looking for a place that manages to balance those two really well. And it's really really rare from what I've seen.
2: Yeah, I think those are, things are really important for me too. I think that I really value the like, cleanliness of a cafe, at least when I consider my own. I think that's something that I put pretty high on the list for us is, is how clean am I, how clean are other people? And that's definitely not true for everyone, and that's totally okay. Then the end of the day, if I'm, I'm having a really psychic cup of coffee, like if I'm still feeling great where I am and I know that I have a comfy seat and that there's a lot of care and attention put into everything that came here you know, when it comes to, you know, how the brisa interacted with me um, and, you know, how the drink was made and, and you know, how, how comfortable I was made to feel. Like, I know that I'm coming back for sure.
0: Okay. I know Elliot said last question, but after this question, I have one final question. I don't know what your, like, go-to coffee order okay, is. That's
4: exactly what I was going to ask. It was. <laughs> so we called it uh, Corcor because my last name is Cor- uh, Corrado, and I like cortados so it was a cortado with a little bit hint of cinnamon on top and then it evolves into drip throughout the day so morning drink is usually cappuccino or cortado and then it goes to um, drip
3: i feel like i'm not consistent well for the most part i pretty much only drink drip just because it's easy it's there it it's what i want like in the morning Like, sometimes I'll make myself a cappuccino, like, mid-morning, but when it's that early in the morning, I can't even, like, think about stomaching milk. Like, truly, it's like, I just need, I just need coffee. Like, there's something so warm and cozy and comforting about just coffee. But when I'm going, when I'm going elsewhere, everybody, like, all my, like, non-coffee friends that I go to cafes with, especially when I'm traveling, they judge me because I'm like okay can I get a drip a cappuccino and a shot of espresso and like I'll order I'll order all three because that's I want to try I want to try their batch I want to try their espresso and I want to try their espresso with milk and that's important for me to like know all of those things if I'm going to like develop a professional opinion on this coffee shop for my own future reference so that's usually what I do
4: if I'm feeling extra saucy uh I'll I'll get a latte (laughs) with a little bit of vanilla or whatever syrup they have special
1: What's saucy about a latte? What's saucy about ordering a latte? I don't
4: know. It's just, you know, bigger. <laughs> More milk. Same same espresso, but I think it's the the syrup. I want to see, like, there's a pistachio syrup or there's some weird syrup that people have. I was like, okay, I'll try that.
2: Yeah, I drink drip coffee when I go to cafes. <laughs> I think that it's never the best anywhere and and even here, right? It's not ideal for many reasons. You're batch brewing. That's not ideal. You are letting it sit for a certain amount of time. That's not ideal. The the nuance of the coffee is not always revealed. That's not ideal. But there's so much I can tell from uh, just a black cup of coffee that, to me, drip is the least inconvenience uh, on the barista. That I'm like, sure, I'm going to order that. I don't care if you're super busy or not. I'm just going to try that first. And if I know, like, I'm going in and I got time, like yeah, sure. Let me try something off the pour over list or things like that. But to be the snobby coffee guy, I love black coffee and, uh, I, I want to, I want to drink it.
0: I also love black coffee as you guys know. So what happens because you're saying, you know, already that batch brew is not ideal and that it's likely to get burnt, right? Because it does sit there. You didn't say that, but I'm, I'm interpreting that. What happens if you get a batch brew and it's, fucking terrible and it's burnt and disgusting are you graceful because you know that it's not the most ideal thing on the menu or are you like that tells me enough that i need to know about this coffee shop i might move on
1: also if someone says that to you like hey you know i'm i'm really sorry to be a bother and this is hard for me to do i don't normally do it if someone says basically "Dispatch proof fucking sucks are you willing to give them you know is that pretty normal to give them a different drink
2: yeah, I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt of why they think that sucks. Could be a number of reasons. My reasons, I think, maybe about why I'm accepting of it is just a little bit more underlying to the point where I'm just like, good coffee to me really has to do with how it's brewed because I know that can change. And I know that with the right education, the barista can make that change and it can be amazing if it is... A low quality coffee or is roasted improperly those are things that are not easy to change from the most immediate level so if i say this is a bad cup of coffee i can easily go to the barista and they could make it a different way and it could be amazing they can't go to their roaster and say bro this coffee sucks like change it because the roaster's going to be offended or they're going to ultimately just not know what they need to do in order to make the changes even more so if the, is, if the coffee is if the coffee low, sorry my embossed, my Boston accent came out there. If the coffee. <laughs> the <quality, quaffy>. Damn. <laughs> if the coffee is low quality, that is inherently, you know, unfixable, mm-hmm. and you can't do anything about that. In which case, I have a good understanding of coffee to know where those defects occurred and uh, just inherently know what can be fixed. And so I'm just I can be forgiving because I know that I can come back another day and it could be
1: way better. I guess everybody knows what your go-to order is, right? I
0: mean, they all know. It's batch brew? No, you don't even know. It's a pour-over. Oh, a pour-over
1: <laughs> of choice. Are you guys so
0: embarrassed? And that you expertly. I'm embarrassed. And what's you not, should be And, what's my, and go-to
1: order? what's my go-to order here yeah, right. at Novel Point? It's, uh, you've been, been switching
3: it up, Elliot. I don't know. How long has it be been? Things, like,
2: out of cream soda, it's dude. been a while. It used
3: to be that. Times change. We have ordered that in a long time. A seasonal. You ordered a buddy latte the other day? You ordered a pour-over the other day.
2: Yeah, Hell, no. i'm all over the place I was nice. like Dude, who are you it, that, that is was offensive
1: that is who i am i'm literally all over the place all the time it's I true i said is
3: sam living inside of you right now i went
1: <laughs> i went from the cascara to the buddy to a pour over to a pumpkin pie latte yeah that's who i am i want to try
3: all You're of it diverse i, I want to try all, I all love of it man it. I love also you places. weren't
1: you weren't here when i had when i had it it was great i had oh, the, yeah, pumpkin yeah, I the pumpkin pie latte oh it was iced i had it iced
2: I'm, I'm glad you like it. It was I, tight. T- I still don't like it.
0: <laughs> Thank you guys so much for your time. We love this shop. We love you guys. And obviously we love coffee. So we're really excited to have you guys as our first coffee shop owners, guests, podcasts, speakers. I can't wait for people to discover Novel Point who haven't been here or to come back if they have. Goodbye.
1: Sam and I want to thank you so much for listening to Something More Human. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to support us, there are plenty of no-cost, minimal effort ways you can do so.
0: For starters, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite listening platform. You can leave us a five-star review, drop us a comment with a topic you'd like to hear us discuss in an upcoming episode, and you can also keep up with us on Instagram and TikTok. Give us a follow there at Something More Human. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you.